The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I like Andrew, uh, the disciple. It probably comes as no surprise. He's my fave. Uh, and, uh, and Andrew uh, has... Uh, he's remarkable on a whole bunch of levels, but on one level, Andrew is remarkable uh, because uh, he is the first evangelist to go out and he caught some pretty big fish for the Lord, right? He gets uh, Simon Peter, his brother, he gets Philip, uh, and now they've gone to see Nathaniel. And in fact, every time Andrew shows up in the New Testament, uh, in the Gospels, uh, he's always very happy to play second fiddle. He's always very happy to take a back seat uh, to Jesus. And so when the Greeks come to him, he says, let's go see Jesus. When uh, they are out and everybody's hungry and Jesus says, you give them something to eat and you've got this multitude of people, Andrew helps come up with the little boy whose bag lunch Jesus then steals. Um, I've always thought that was such a funny story. Actually, the stained glass window in the main church really captures it because it has Jesus with these loaves, and you can see, if you look closely, a little boy with his head buried in his mother's dress, realizing that was that kid's lunch, uh, which has now been taken from him. Uh, so whoever did those windows, that's the best one uh, because he actually caught what was going on. Uh, but uh, you know, here we have this incredible story of Nathaniel sitting under the fig tree, and uh, Philip going up to him and telling him about finding uh, Jesus. This is the most wonderful, uh, if you ever wanted a blueprint for evangelism, uh, this, is, this is the one. And Nathaniel is a guy who takes things pretty seriously. He's without guile, uh, which means he's, he's going to shoot it to you straight. And, uh, and so when he says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Uh, there may be an element of boasting, uh, but he knows what everybody else knows. And indeed, he might have been under the fig tree contemplating this ruckus that was going on around the Sea of Galilee about this man named Jesus who had come down from Nazareth of all places and was doing uh, great, was, was preaching in such a way that people were coming to him and had such a force of presence that he simply would 
stand and look at the fishermen and say, who are not, you know, that would not be your A-team who you wouldn't go to, uh, and nor would it be a group where you would say, I want you to convince them to become Christian missionaries. Right? They didn't go to the Sunday school. They went to fish, he went to fishermen, and Jesus said, put down your nets and follow me. And they did. <laughs> they just did. They put them down, and they followed Jesus. And indeed, in Andrew's case, you see uh, the priority of evangelism uh, in the home, not in far-fetched places, but people who you're closely uh, related to. And so Philip and his companions go to Nathaniel as one uh, who knows Nathaniel? He's a friend. Uh, he's uh, he's in uh, in the group, uh, and he knows uh, he knows his Bible. He reads his Bible a lot, and that's why uh, Philip's approach is: uh, we found the one whom the prophets talked about. We have found one who is like a prophet unto Moses. We found the king from the house of David. We found the righteous branch that Jeremiah talks about. We find the one who is the son of the virgin and the lamb that Isaiah talks about. The true shepherd that Ezekiel talks about. The messenger of the covenant that Malachi talks about. Indeed, the Messiah that would be cut off and not for himself that Daniel talks about. The entirety of the Old Testament pointing to this one moment in a backwater town on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, the entire New Testament culminating in the person of Jesus Christ, and there he is. And what is Nathaniel's response? Wait a minute. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? The historian Josephus uh, who was uh, a Jewish-turned-Roman traitor, uh, but at the same time didn't have a lot to gain, so he was, can be pretty reliable. And uh, in his uh, famous works, uh, he mentions uh, over a thousand city, towns, villages, places, landmarks, things like that, in his great chronicle, uh, talking about the history of the people of Israel. And in spite of the fact that he named so many, do you know how many times he mentions Nazareth? Never. Never. Why? It's not worth mentioning. It's not worth mentioning. In fact, Nazareth was known as the place of nothing good comes out of Nazareth. Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. And yet God, in his infinite wisdom, has decided that that is where Jesus' ministry is going to spring from. I mean, this is the entirety of the Bible, this whole understanding of the Nazareth principle, that God takes that which the world sees as small and lowly and does something for the good of the people, but does more for his own greatness, to prove that, that God is in it, that God is actually working and that he's able. He takes that which the world considers weak and displays his strength through even that, I mean, even his coming into the world of not coming in great might and pomp and circumstance, riding on a white horse with a sword flaming and, you know, uh, yeehaw or whatever it is that he would do. Uh, but how does he come? As a baby. That's just crazy that he would come uh, as, as a baby. And at the pinnacle of what his disciples must have said, we're back in business, as he comes into Jerusalem, uh, Everyone singing, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Uh, this king of kings uh, would just days later be handed over to die a criminal's death. 
this is not the way that the world works. The world doesn't pick fishermen and tax collectors. Uh, the world picks whoever has the best resume, or whoever can put together the best resume, I should say. Uh, they, they don't pick the people who say, you know what, you're really weak. You're my kind of person. Right? The world doesn't do that. In fact, they cast them out. But Jesus decides to surround himself uh, with people who just don't make the grade. People who don't make the cut, but so that his power might be made manifest in them. That's who he goes for. And we see it in the world around us. Uh, how many of you have seen the great documentary, Muscle Shoals? Right about the Muscle Shoals Sound Studio and, uh, and about Fame Studios up in Muscle Shoals. And there's this very funny part of the documentary when somebody asks the head of Fame Studios, Tom, they say, you know, what is it about Muscle Shoals that makes it this mecca for the greatest of all recording artists from the 60s and the 70s? And then they go into this thing about American Indians, and they got this groovy music playing in the background, and the Tennessee River flowing around. And it's, it's nice, but it doesn't quite fit, and because it makes you realize that there is no reason why anybody in their right mind would go to Muscle Shoals. Nobody. In fact, when uh, people would get off the plane in Sheffield, right, Sheffield International Airport, uh, they would get off the plane, and they'd be like, this can't be right. This can't be right. And so when you listen to... Uh, when a man loves a woman, or when you listen to Aretha Franklin, or when you listen to um, uh, uh, the Rolling Stones, when you listen to Rod Stewart, when you listen to all of those great artists that recorded at Muscle Shoals, uh, you should just say, praise the Lord. Right? Because there is no rhyme or reason why that should have ever happened. Not in a million years why Wilson Pickett should have picked that to be the place uh, to record, except the Nazareth principle, that God takes what is very small in the world in order to magnify his greatness. And yet, this is uh, hard for us to grapple with uh, because who Jesus is uh, doesn't compute again with who we think the Messiah, uh, God in the flesh, ought to be. And so there, under the fig tree, Nathaniel contemplating probably what is going on in this ministry with Jesus and wondering about, could he be, is he? And then Philip coming up to him and saying, come and see. We have found one who the prophets are talking about. And Nathaniel's response, can anything good out of Nazareth? What was Philip's response to that? Yes. Come and see. Come and see. Just come and see. Now, my impetus would have been to fight with Nathaniel. First of all, I would say that was inappropriate and a slanderous remark that you made about Nazareth because obviously something good comes out of Nazareth, so you're wrong. Or at least to begin to reason uh, with Nathaniel over uh, his assumption that nothing good could possibly come out of Nazareth. Uh, Aldous Huxley, who was a famous agnostic in the late 19th century and prolific author, uh, used to love to argue about uh, Christianity and its validity. And he was at a house party one weekend on some country estate. And as they were breakfasting on Sunday morning, he knew that everybody was going to go to church. And he had zero interest in going to church. So he found one very simple man that he really didn't think much of the whole weekend, except that he knew that he was a Christian. And so he said to him, hey, 
you're a Christian. Instead of going to church this morning, how would you like just to sit with me at the house and you tell me what the Christian faith means to you and why you believe in Jesus? And the man said, no way. No way, because I know that I, I can't argue with you. You're all this Huxley. I can't argue with you. You're going to demolish every argument that I could ever make. And Huxley said, that's, that's not what I want. I just want you to sit and tell me about what the Christian faith means to you and who Jesus is to you. And Huxley said it was the one moment in his adult life uh, where he said, hearing this man's testimony, he said, I'm going to quote it, I'd give my right hand if only I could believe that with tears streaming down his cheeks. Come and see. The man didn't argue with him in the same way that Philip didn't argue with Nathaniel. He didn't try to reason with Nathaniel. He just said, come and see this Jesus who is from Nazareth, who sees you under the fig tree, who sees you in your struggle with your doubts and could Jesus possibly be who he says he is. Come and see. Read. Mark, learn, and inwardly digest this Jesus from Nazareth. Come and see. And like Nathaniel, have your life transformed by the one who would have recorded in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Amen. Amen.